I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. There are many laugh or cry moments for new mums, but seeing the funny side of life with a newborn can definitely help. In this episode, I'm joined by the very talented and very funny Jen Hatton. Jen is an actor and comedian and one half of the Unpopular Opinion podcast, creator of many hilariously accurate videos on Instagram and YouTube, and now mom to baby Bobby. With eight weeks under her belt, Jen shares with us her expectations versus realities, how she managed her mind while waiting for Bobby to arrive, and the fright of her being readmitted to hospital with postnatal preeclampsia just one week after giving birth. We get into that postpartum overwhelm and doubt while laughing about how silly the overthinking can get, how the days just seem to disappear and how hard it can be to simply get out of the front door. Becoming a parent is a huge transformation while the love runs deep. Maybe we can all figure it out while seeing the funny side of life. Jen Hatton, welcome to Everyone the Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, congratulations on the birth of baby Bobby. Oh, thank you. He's what, eight weeks old now? Eight weeks old now, yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But looking back on the last eight weeks, I'm like, whoa. What just happened? What just happened? Yeah. I was just thinking about, because obviously coming over here, I knew we were going to be talking about it. And I was looking back and I was just thinking, just looking back on the first few weeks, because but mine was a bit of a rough start in that I had to go back in with preeclampsia, postnatal preeclampsia. So which is pretty big of a rough start. Yeah, it was. And then Bobby's belly well it's it wasn't the best to begin with. And I was just kinda thinking back to the first kind of three weeks or so going, I haven't got a clue who Bobby was. Like I was looking after a stranger. None of us knew that he had this underlying problem with his belly. None of us knew what to be doing to comfort him. It was just like just looking back at it now, I'm like, I actually didn't know him. We were two strangers getting to know each other because now we're getting into a bit of a rhythm. We're getting into a routine. We, you know, we have our own little flow going. But looking back, I'm like, how did how did we get through those weeks? It's crazy. Like, and you're just fueled on hormones, yeah, as exactly. well. Like the protectiveness yeah. and the caring and the looking after him. You know, obviously you you want to do it, but you're just fueled by these hormones. But yeah. as you said, now he's like a little person. Yeah, exactly. We're getting to know his little personality now, and like that, where I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just that because it, the first week is a daze. You're in the hospital for half of it. You get home. You're you're trying to figure out how this is going to work in in this new dynamic with a new baby. Then the second week, I was back in hospital. My partner Adam had him, like he was bringing him in to me in and out of the hospital all week again. And then Adam went back after his paternity leave and I was just kind of thrown into the deep end You're on your with own. this baby that I hadn't been with for a full week. And it was just, like, it was it was mental. And like that, you, you are full of hormones and that. And when you feel like you can't comfort them in that, like, you know, because I live with my parents at the moment, we're saving for our own house. So it's great having them there. Like it's an absolute, go- I don't know what I would do now, if I was in my own house, do you know what I mean? Without them. On your own. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I don't so know isolating. It is. That's it. Like, but I'm I'm so glad that I did have them there because like they say, it takes a village. But it, it kind of got to me when, you know, we'd be kind of comforting him. He'd be crying for hours. He has, we found out that he has this problem with, it's like bacteria in his stomach. It's not colic or anything like that, which I was kind of fobbed off with. But um, he had this like bacterial pro- problem in his belly. So like. You know, he was really windy and uncomfortable and stuff like that. And I'd be comforting him 
and nothing would be working and then I'd hand them over to my dad and my dad would be like, take a break, I'll take him and then he'd go to my dad and he'd stop crying and I'm like, he doesn't like me, we're not bonding, we're not, you know. It's funny how really you're... Upset. Like I was crying as much as Bobby yeah. was. It was, uh, looking back on it now, I'm like, how the hell did The sense of it? failure over yes. something like that I is enormous. It's terrible. And then, obviously, looking back now, I know how ridiculous that yeah. is. But at the time, I was like, he doesn't like me. He's not bonding with me. This is because I went back into hospital and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I was like, up the walls. But you know, that's really normal for a lot. Like, I do now. Most women feel yeah. that way over tiny little things. Yeah. And it just becomes this enormous responsibility that at every... You're second guessing yourself so much mm. that you just are in a default assuming I'm doing it wrong. I'm yeah. doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Look, he can do it better. Absolutely. Yeah. I just thought he, uh, me, me dad is bigger than me. He's probably more comforting. He probably likes his smell better because he's been helping yeah. throughout the week while I wasn't there. And like that, I know, again, looking back, how ridiculous that Mom was. Mum guilt but when is massive. Yeah. But when you're in it, you don't think logically. No, nope. you don't. You just take it all personally and you're just like, this little person has a hold on you. And it's such a fog mm. and you fall into it no matter what you're like before you go in. Yeah. You still, no. you think, oh, I'm not going to be that mom and I'm not going to let that happen to me. Or Stop. I'm real confident or I'm real strong or I'm real easygoing. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a, it's such an amazing equalizer. Oh, it really is. It put it, It's an eye opener and it will put you back in your box no matter where you think you're what you're aiming to be like as a mother like you haven't got a clue so tell us about those expectations so take us back to so Bobby's eight weeks now he's eight weeks now yeah so leading into kind of the last few weeks of pregnancy and looking towards birth and postpartum um, yeah. and I know that you've recorded a brilliant episode on your podcast the unpopular opinion with Ali D yeah who we had on as well yeah, yeah. Um, and what I love about that episode is you know how brilliantly honest you're both being about the frustrations of pregnancy yeah but in it you're still so um you're looking forward to the labor you're looking forward to the birth with a sense of like anticipation and and unknown yeah and I'd love to know now that you're on the other side of it see I was thinking that when I was on my way over I was thinking I must listen back to that and nearly I, I'd love to record myself on Instagram just reacting to it because you're hilarious I, no, thank you. <laughs> I would say half of the stuff that I said I will just be pissing myself laughing at now going Jen yeah I hadn't got a clue now that episode it was a good kind of 50-50 and that Ali had been through it yeah and she still kind of agreed with a lot of my points, but I hadn't got yeah. a clear when I was going, ah, oh, it'll be fine. These people are so patronising with their advice and all that. I hadn't got a clear. Now, looking back at some of the advice that I was given, I'd probably say now, oh yeah, you are dead right. But now some of the stuff I'd still be going, no, that, that's, it doesn't apply to me. I, I just couldn't fathom some of the stuff that people were saying to me. And I was like, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going to be like, but they were so right. Like about, about what? Like, say for instance, so I listened to the FDA Every Mum yeah. episode with Ashling Hamill. Oh yeah, and she's all about positive birth and gentle birth and all that. And I was just going, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be doing that. I'll yeah. be doing sure. I, it was a failed induction. I had to get a C-section. I was in bits after. It. Ended up going back in with preeclampsia. Nothing went to any sort of plan that I was going to. And I was talking about this on Instagram. And I was getting messages from women going, Jen, that's not going to be the way. Like, you haven't got a clue what way it's going to go. And I'm like, how dare you message me like that? I'd be so patronising. You don't know what way my birth is going to go. But sure, they were so right. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, but they could have also been wrong. They could have been, yeah, I suppose. Like, And I think you were right in your initial feeling. Nobody should tell you how oh, your no, birth they, is going to no, go. They still shouldn't. And I suppose it is a patronising thing to say because nobody does know. But in hindsight, looking back on it now, going, oh, yeah, they were right. They were kind of right. I probably but in hindsight, what happened was what was going to happen for mm. you. Yeah. And I think the point that maybe sometimes Ashling makes is, you know, don't scare mams into assuming that, that it's going to go that wrong. That is very true, yeah. That like, don't put true. that into someone's mind before the fact. Yeah. Support them through if something like that happens where the unexpected mm. is taken out of your control. Um, but what I also love about what she says, and a lot of the guests that we have on say, is that, you know, go in with an educated mind yeah. and have your preferences and have what, you know, the, be positive in how you want it to feel. Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, listen. And in your instance, and I've, I've watched your birth story on Instagram, mm. 
in your instance, I mean, as you know, you said when it by the time he came out, like there was no way it was going to have happened no, naturally for you. It wasn't. He was so. Mm. Take us through some of that. So I know that he was overdue because you were, okay, yeah, so. you were hilarious in in uh. those few weeks <laughs> of like. And I think that's another thing that people get sick of hearing is like any sign. I know. Yeah, it's like seriously, you'd know by now. You would know by now. Now, I was trying to be, I was trying to be smart about it. I was recording uh, little bits of content and little bits of sketches so that I could post them while I was in hospital yeah. because I knew I was going in to get induced. At, it was at one point I knew I was going in to get induced, so I tried to knock people off by doing that. But sure, I still got the messages. Yeah. I was kind of going, seriously, I'll tell you when he's here, I'm not going to have him and wait a week, like in a cave without telling anybody like of course you know what I mean and is that now from family or friends or your Instagram following who don't even know you and are well, yeah it was more expecting so you to have people who didn't know yeah. me who were expecting to be told you know what I mean now sometimes like say for instance odd family members that you don't talk to that often yeah. they would be like well any sign it's like seriously I would tell you do you know yeah. not, not in a, a bad way at all but it's it's not helpful so please don't send me messages like that in the nicest yeah. way possible I will tell you. Such an like, anxious time. Exactly. That's it. You know what I mean? Just if you want to send a message, say, how are you feeling? Mm. You know, mm. how is today mm. going? You know, like instead of saying any science, because what even if there was science, if I had said, oh, well, this happened, they'd be texting every five minutes then. Yeah. So there's no point. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things that you can't really get out of. But the, the whole thing with my birth was so four weeks before my due date, I had gone in for, it was a growth scan because the uh, the cl- clinic um, doctor wasn't too happy with his growth. So they just set me up for, it was just, it, it, there was nothing to worry about or anything. She just wanted to make doubly sure because the scan machines in the clinics aren't that accurate. So I went up for the scan and the midwife doing it was saying, she was like, mm, the circumference of his head is quite big. And then she asked me the size of my shoes. And I was like, mm. okay, I'm a size four. Thinking this is just an old wives. Tale I would have thought that too, thing. like the hip yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was saying, given his the head circumference, the position that he was in when, like, at the time that I the gestation was, and the size of my shoes, she was like, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to have any part to play in your labor. I don't work in the the induction ward, the labor ward, anything like that. She says, but it's my prediction that you're going to have to get a C-section. And I was like, oh, okay, right. I wasn't completely closed off to the idea. Mm. I, di- I didn't mind I would, after educating myself on every eventuality. So I, I, it didn't bother me at all. But my whole thing was, I didn't know what was going to, I'd prefer to know if I was going to be sectioned that, like, you know, schedule it in. Yes. If that's going to happen, let me know. Give me a date, that kind of thing. That's what, that's the angle that I would have come from. Yeah. But every antenatal appointment, and there was three, Every an- antenatal appointment after that, I kind of just said it without trying to get her in trouble. Obviously, I was yeah. like, "What do you think?" You were fishing given, for a yeah. conclusion. I was like, "What do you think, given the size of him, the position that he's in, the gestation, all that? What, what what's your opinion there?" And they just kind of kept saying, "Ah, oh, babies can do anything. You never know." So every week I was coming out and still none the wiser. So I eventually got the induction day, and um, still no doctor had said to me. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna need a section. It was only this midwife that had done it. So I got the induction day and I went in and got the you know the the pessary yes. that you, and then I was a candidate to go home. Nothing happened. Went back in twenty four hours later. Got the gels, all that sort of stuff. Everything kept failing. So how did was, that make you feel at each time you're tested? Well, it was just. I mean, I kind of had it in the back of my head from that midwife, and I was kind of thinking, if. If if she could tell that easily without even doing an internal exam mm. that I was going to need a section, how can nobody else see it? Do you know, like, why is nobody else even mentioning it? I was, uh, this is the thing I just wanted to know mm. beforehand, do you know what I mean? As mm. opposed to it being an emergency situation. So um, it was just, I suppose it was a feeling of disappointment because I was thinking, oh, I'll get this in now, my waters will break and it'll be like the movies and, you know, everything. Cause Here I, we go, we're on. Yeah, I know, because I'd been watching the Rotunda and that and I was, you know, really getting amped up to... to go through the, the hard graft and then yeah. you know, I was listening to um I was watching actually on Ashling Hamill's Instagram page people's positive birth stories and yeah. it was kind of because they the women that took part in that had all gone through their kind of negative experience the trauma first yeah. yeah and then talked about their positive births <gasps> I was like well I can probably 
knock some of that out because I've heard that this can happen and you know it can yeah. go about having a positive birth sure nothing happened like mm. when I was getting induced and then it wasn't until six o'clock in the morning on the day that I was getting the section that it was it was confirmed you're going to be getting a section sure was still waiting 12 hours then over 12 hours to get did you feel section. a sense of relief that there was a decision or yeah, did you feel I a did. sense of disappointment that it wasn't going to happen the way that you um, had hoped or expected I suppose I, I no. I felt good that there was a decision made because mm. I, at, like I said, all that time, I had it in the back of my head that I was going to be getting a section. I was just waiting for somebody else to say, do you know what yeah. I mean? And then it was finally said, but then because it wasn't scheduled beforehand, I was waiting all day. Back so of the queue. There was, yeah, exactly. There was gynae appointments. There was emergency sections. There was scheduled sections. It didn't happen till eight o'clock that night. Then, do you know? So I was kind of going. Right, the decision is made, but then it was every phone call that we heard, like every time we heard the phone ringing on the ward, we're like, this could be it, this could be it. And then it was just constant disappointment all that day again, but then it finally happened. Because labour so. is very distracting, as you can imagine. Yeah, and exactly. you're you're not even focused on the fact that a baby is literally coming yeah. and like a baby's about to be here because you're just in the throes of being so distracted mm-hmm. by you know, the sensations and, and yeah. the contractions and everything like it. that. Like yeah. all riding of a sudden, riding the wave, the wave yeah. of it. I mean, and it's, it's, it's a tough wave, mm. but you're, you're so deep in it that actually sometimes it's like, oh my God, there's a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it like waiting, knowing in three hours and four hours and five hours, there will be a baby in your arms? Well, th- that was, it was excitement. Like I said, I wasn't nervous at all Good. about the surgery. I really wasn't. And I, w- I had the gentle birth app and, and, you know, if, because so, obviously I was in the induction ward, so women were in labour around me. There was a lot of noise. There was a lot of, the, one woman had her baby in the bed beside us. No way. I, well, me and Adam had gone out to get something to eat and we came back and there was, she was a midwife. She wasn't, um, she wasn't necessarily like a security guard at the door. There was still women in the wards. They yeah. didn't actually clear everyone out. And she was letting us know. She was just like, look, we think she's going to have her baby in here. So you can come in if you want to, but we'd prefer if you stayed outside. We were like, geez, of course we'll stay outside. We were just kind of walking up and down the hall then. Just before we knew, this was the day before actually the decision was made. So I was walking up and down the yeah, hall. I was yeah, like, yeah. ah, it's grand. I'll get neighbour going out here. I'll keep walking. But like, it was just... It was there was a lot going on. It was it was very hard to kind of sit down and think, ah, oh, like w- you know we're gonna have this mm. this baby and we weren't really thinking about it like that. It wasn't until she came in, it, I suppose, because the weight was so frustrating. Mm. So that's why we weren't really thinking about. It. We, we was more so thinking about when is going to be, when is going to be. We weren't even thinking about the baby, but then when she came in, and she was like. Right, let's go. Leave your stuff. I'll pack it. You know, get your stockings on. Get your gown on here. We're going. Let's go. Mm. Then it was like, oh God, we're going to have a baby in the next hour. That's when it was really like. <gasps> it's real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it was funny then because, you know, you obviously have to sign your waiver and everybody's giving you information of what's going to happen and this is how it's going to go down. Adam, go in, get your scrubs on, do all this, get your phone, make sure you have it for photos and stuff like that. We, it was funny because like all day we were getting distracted by other things but now we couldn't even concentrate on what people were telling us because we were distracted by the fact we were going to have a baby yeah. <laughs> it completely did a flip like it was that everything yeah. you get told flies out the window yeah. and you're just Absolutely. in that moment yeah yeah and you're being guided by the team around you yeah. and you you know it's really important to have somebody really kind who's there beside oh. you coaching you through it I can't do you know what I cannot give enough credit to the staff in the rotunda they they're walking angels they really are every single person from with like clinic appointments at, at the very start like through the book and visit to the nurse that finally discharged me after having the preeclampsia after like all that time every single person that I met in the rotunda were just phenomenal they were absolutely phenomenal and I can't give them enough credit you know do you know that's all right it's just like and then even you obviously are going through shift changes and stuff like that and you're like all right okay it's eight o'clock now I'm going to get a new midwife who's it going to be and I always had a bit of an anticipation going what if they're not nice yeah. what if they're, I'm not going to like them but every single person was just phenomenal like there was one stage I was in um I was in high dependency with the preeclampsia it was Friday night it was the night of the toy show mm. and I was raging that I wasn't at home, at home with with you know to start living yeah. now he, he was fine he was with his auntie he didn't even know that there was I a know, toy show I know it's more for you though yeah but I was in um, the high dependency and I had a telly 
and he was watching it in the chat and the midwife came in and watched it with me and she was a really she was a real mammy figure you know like she yeah. was you know late 50s early 60s and she was just sitting there watching with me and I was like it wasn't at the time we were just like having the laugh like slagging Ryan Toverty whatever talking about the toy show but it wasn't until a few days later and I was looking back on that and I was I was crying I was yeah. like oh that was so nice if I had seen that on the telly or something like that I'd be like oh isn't that just lovely like I can't but you're so enough. vulnerable in that time that's it yeah and, and they, they recognise that, that. Yeah. and you don't because you're still in uh, yeah. survival mode exactly. and you still have hormones pumping through you that make you feel superhuman yeah but actually, if they weren't there, that could have been a really lonely moment yeah, for you. Absolutely. So tell us about that. So so Bobby was born mm-hmm. and you were well, no complications, everything was okay. Or yeah. from straight away, was no, there a no, risk? I was fine. I was flying. I probably did a bit too much. So I was like, so I had to C-section and obviously the recovery from that is it's hard. It's huge it's surgery. It's hard to get in and out of the bed. It's definitely not the easier option, as people say. Yeah. Now, the actual, when the baby's coming out, you can't feel anything. There's not a lot you have to do. I can see where people come from when they say mm. that. But at this, the recovery makes up for it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had to have oxytocin after the surgery as well to contract everything back down. Like, yeah. it was not nice. Um, But I was fine all that week. Probably did a bit too much. We went visiting people with Bobby. Um, Something we that so many of us yeah, fall we into. Do, yeah, and then we, he had a few appointments as well because I was born without thyroid gland, so he was in and out okay. to get tested for stuff like that. Everything is fine with him. But we had two appointments. Have we got out? Did we get out? Oh, so, okay. He was born on the Tuesday. I got out on the Friday. Mm-hmm. He was back in for his little test, uh, for the heel prick test on Saturday. Then we went visiting kind of Sunday, Monday, back in on Tuesday for a little blood test for the thyroid. And it was Tuesday night. It was all day Tuesday. I thought I had a sinus infection mm. in my head. Every time. Just a heaviness. Yeah. It was so strange because it, when I stood up, it completely went. But when I sat down or lied down, my head felt like it was going to explode. And the back of my neck was killing me. It was just a very, very bad migraine. And it didn't help that I took, like, I took Sudafed that day thinking it was my sinuses. Mm. That makes your blood pressure go up. Oh, didn't realise it was my blood pressure. Um, and I was like, no, this is, it's very painful. And I was lying in bed that night and it was the first night Bobby was actually really after settling in the car. And the, me and Adam were in bed by 10 o'clock and I was raging because I got up and I was like, I can't, I can't lie down anymore. I have to stand up to give this a bit of relief. Mm. And I went downstairs and I started crying and my mum was there and she was like, Jen, you need to ring the rotunda. Like, you have to. And just just even to give them your symptoms and see, can they give you... Because yeah. half the time when you know what it is, it, you, half your ailment is nearly gone. Like, do you get a bit relieved yeah, from that? Yeah, just reassurance. Yeah, exactly. And I rang and they were like, no, you need to come in. I'd, I'd rather, we'd rather check you in that. Mm. So I had to go back up and get Adam. And I was like, sorry, we're going back into the rotunda. I need to go to A&E. So I went back in and my blood pressure was through the roof. They were like, we want to keep you in. And I was like, I can't, I can't mm. g- stay in again. I'm only, I only got out on Friday. I'm not staying in again. It was the most depressing thought in my mind was like, going I'm back not in. getting stuck in here again. Like, you know, like I said, the staff and everything, they were yeah. like, I can't give them enough credit. But you don't want to be in there. Do you know and you mean? think that that part of motherhood is behind you. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you've done the hospital stay, you've you've left, you've gone home, you're yeah. with your baby, and then to be told you're going back in. Yeah, no, it wasn't nice. Now, they did say, they said you can bring them back in, where you can go back up to postnatal, and I just remembered the noise of the, the <sighs> wards with new mammies and their babies. Obviously, it's not going to be quiet, which is absolutely understandable, but I didn't want to do that to Bobby, because yeah. like I said, it was the first night he was after settling in his car. So it's like, no, I won't bring him back in. Went up to the gynae ward. I was there for... Um, like I was getting there for a good day. I was there the Tuesday night, all day Wednesday, and then it was Wednesday night. One of the midwives came in and checked my blood pressure, mm. and it was just after g- gone even further than when I was forced to admit it. So the anaesthetists were called, loads of different doctors were called in. Like before I knew it, I had seven doctors in my cubicle. And Is that frightening? Were, well, I suppose because do you know what it was? It was the midwife was so calm. When she took me blood pressure, she saw the reading and she obviously didn't want to worry me. So she was so calm and she obviously paged one of the doctors and she was just like, okay, that's fine. You know, really easy going, gentle nature about her. Then all the doctors flood flood in. So I was like, okay, how did it go from her saying that's fine to To this? this?" Mm. Because it was funny. 
the lights when I could actually see the shadows of the doctors behind my curtain and one of the doctors ran up to the midwife and she was like oh my god that's so high it's so this was in the dead of night so I could hear everything Mm. that's so high oh my god she has to go to high dependency you know all this kind of stuff and I was going what is going on all the the, like the anaesthetists came in they were like we're going to bring you down to if it wasn't ICU it was high dependency it's a room on its own but there's a lot more room for machines and, Mm. and stuff like that and I went in and I got I got a trace into one of my arteries. I was getting poked and prodded. There was uh, cannulas coming out of every orifice. Like, mm. it was just, it, w- it was a lot. And I was just kind of lying there going, what the what hell? What is happening? Yeah. And they were going, how are you feeling? How how, how do you feel? They thought I was going to go into having a fit. And I was like, I'm fine. I just have a headache. Can I please stand up? Because it eases when I stand up. And they were like, that's, that. it's usually when you lie down that you get the headache. And I was like, no, when I stand up, it goes. Yeah, trust me. I know yeah, how I'm feeling. It's opposite. Like, it, it's so funny because even the one of the consultants was like, you're kind of doing the opposite. Usually it's mm. when people stand up, they feel the headache or whatever. So that was grand. And then the getting poked and prodded, got all the stuff. They had to pump magnesium sulfate into me, which brings blood pressure down. Apparently this is the treatment for it. And uh, it was in me about two minutes and the anaesthetist was like how do you feel and I was like oh oh my headache is actually gone now that you say it and they were still kind of putting stuff mm. in I had a trace in my artery to get a proper reading of the blood pressure and all that and that was it I was stuck there for I think it was 26 hours couldn't get out of bed so I, I, d- I hadn't got a clue that that was coming you know I thought it would have been in for a day they would have given mm. me a prescription for mm. blood pressure medication and I would have went home but I was there from the Tuesday night until Sunday afternoon and of course, we get warned about preeclampsia in pregnancy. Yeah, and obviously, it's, it's a it's a real danger. But this was post-pregnancy; post. it impacted you. And did yeah. you have any sign of it in pregnancy? Um, I suppose I've always had low blood pressure, and in the last, I'd say, four weeks, it kind of was on the rise. And funny enough, in recovery, actually going into the section, they put a monitor on you before you they start the surgery and it was really high then and they were going do you do you suffer with high blood pressure and I said no they were like okay it's really high we're just going to wait for it to come down to start the surgery and that I was given um a stat dose of high blood pressure medication in recovery mm. and it came down but that was the only kind of sign they were afraid that I was going to get preeclampsia straight after it mm. and they kept testing for you know protein in the urine doing lots of blood tests but I was fine for the week it wasn't until the week later that I that happened and it was literally just a headache it was unbearable like and did it knock your recovery in in another sense because you know you're did you did you feel like you left hospital that little bit weaker um, than when you did the first time I've I've certainly felt more vulnerable because mm. I was petrified that it was going to happen again when I went home because the doctor did say to me she was like um right okay you feel okay your blood pressure is down it's been controlled by the medication but I prefer to keep you in for another day or two and I couldn't bear the thought of it so I was just just like you know what I'm gonna get out if obviously any symptoms do arise I'll come back in like I'm not stupid Mm. I will look after myself but given that my blood pressure was low for like two days before I left I was like no I'll I'll go so it was that it was that fear that was going to happen again but funnily enough it nearly helped the physical because I was resting I was resting I was in the hospital I was stuck in bed I actually couldn't get out of the bed for like a day and a half you know so it actually probably helped the physical surgery side of it and how did your partner Adam feel being left to figure out a newborn love him I I, do you know what I actually maybe I asked him at the time I can't really I know he was exhausted that's pretty much what the, the biggest thing was like he was, yeah. there was one stage he was just running on empty the day that I got out of the hospital the second time I just I sent him because we we live apart he lives in his aunties I live with my parents and uh, I was like just go home just go back to your aunties have some sleep because he was back to work the next day it was it felt like a week waste of a week yeah because I couldn't spend as much time with the boat with them so as again what you to. imagined on that week together exactly yeah like oh look at us happy yeah. family's two weeks he has two weeks off you know like but it, it just didn't happen and then he was um coming in and out and then like he that's what it was he was just coming in and out of the hospital constantly on the go he kind of felt not that he felt uncomfortable in my mom's house but could you imagine he doesn't actually live there and he's there with Bobby and it's my parents and he's kind of going out trying to get out for the day so that he's not there all day in their face which is what he felt and 
you know, he was just... And you're figuring it out. You don't know how to be a dad. You don't know how to be a mom. You're feeling like, am I holding him right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, sometimes those things are really important to learn, like, on your own, behind closed doors, together. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Not you don't want to you don't want to always be kind of on display yeah, in that sense. Exactly. No, he definitely he was thrown into the, the deep end. But I actually think it did him yeah. a favour in that he's gonna say had that to do it. He yeah. had to do it and he was he's great. Like, you know, he's I can't believe how quick he's adapted to being a dad. Cause c- considering that the two of us we didn't have a baby till we were thirty one, like we're you know, in terms of having like well, in comparison to our friends at least we're quite old having a, a, a baby so we were kind of like we were all those years you know just the two of us having yeah. fun like, you know the only responsibility we had was the dogs you know so I was like how are we gonna do this you know we're, we're so used to just being so independent but he did he just talked to it and I just I love seeing him with him do you know what I yeah. mean he's just I'm just like ah he's the best at he's the best at in the world do you know that kind of thing it is so really it is. endearing yeah it is how, so how is it in comparison to, so he's eight weeks mm. and those eight weeks are, and as we, as we spoke about, the first two were really challenging yeah. mm. and then you have to figure out the, right, how do I become a mom? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, geez, it's, uh, it's funny. I can't actually, it's a lot, it, a lot of it is a blur. Yeah. It's very hard to actually look back and remember what it was like Um. But Bobby, I suppose, because he had this little problem in his belly, it was it was very hard. Like there was days. So when did you start noticing that? Um, he was very unsettled from the very beginning, yeah. actually. Yeah, and then we were because he's bottle fed, so I was I was going, oh, maybe it's the food. We changed his food. He'd improve. We'd only really get a two, three days, good days. Well, generally good days before he'd go back to you know that screaming. Mm. And being rigid and you know all that, and we brought him to the doctor. Was it two? Was it? Yeah, he went for his two week check when he was three weeks, because I was in the hospital or whatever. And I was just t- I told him about the problem. I was like, like he does this, and you know this is what he does, and he's screaming for hours on end. It can happen at any time of the day. And I was told, ah, it's colic, mm. it's just colic. And I was like, they they said, oh maybe sometimes we say the parents are the ones that need mo- most of the support and how's your mental health and you know all this I was more so I felt like I, it was that first mother you know first time she's been too syndrome. precious yeah she's be, like she hasn't got a clue this is just a colicky baby you're just gonna have to get over it make sure you have the right support and all that I felt like she was focusing too much on how I was coping with it rather than the problem mm-hmm. with the baby mm. and I was going it's it's not colic it's not in the evening it's not every single like it's not three times a week for three hours you know the way that they say mm. that for the three weeks I was like it can hit any time of the day usually it sorts itself out after he passes wind or whatever do you know I was like oh that's it's it's not colic I felt a bit kind of put out so I, I went to saw the GP then um, and he was just like oh no everything feels fine it feels fine but it was actually it was funny because I was thinking like because I was so present on social media and I was quote unquote vlogging as such mm. before I had him, I was coming on Instagram going, "Sorry, his belly. I'm not going to be on Instagram. He's he's too bad." But then people would be sending advice, then think like saying, "Oh, my baby had this and my baby had that." But a lot of people recommended a chiropractor because his neck could have been out of line, especially mm-hmm. with the way he was born. Because when he, even though I got the section, he was still taken out by forceps. Mm-hmm. He was lodged in. Like there was no way I was having him. Um, and even that, even the, the positioning exactly. in the womb, you know, if you think if, if you yourself are locked in one position yeah. for that length of time, you're going to get an ache or pain. That's it. Yeah. But it turned out. So I took people's advice on the chiropractor. There's a chap up in Mullingar. His name is Rory Murphy. Yeah. Genius. Absolute. He's really highly recommended the by so many people. of women that sent me messages on Instagram yeah. and I can't thank them enough saying go to him his neck could be out of line even if it's not he's worth going to he's 30 quid yeah. in a session like he is he's amazing i've heard so many wonderful oh stories my about god, him god the difference in him ever since now and what did he put it down to um, or does he he said it's called a thing called kiss kids syndrome now when i google it, i can't find anything that says kiss kid it says it's either kiss or it's it's kid but his explanation his layman's terms explanation was that 
his brain isn't sending a signal to his belly to digest the food. Okay. So it's taking too long to digest. It's forming a load of bacteria and that's why he passes wind like an adult. And sometimes he smells like an adult as well, like his nappies and that. Mm. So I was going, yeah, that's like it makes sense when you say it like that, you know. And he was telling us what way to be holding him, what way to wind him. And we were doing this, um, like we were patting his back to get his wind up. And he said, that's a no-no because it blocks some sort of signal in their neck okay. to tell the, so the, the nerve path. The yeah, messages the nerve are path, running yeah. down. And I was like, oh my God, I've been patting his back to get his wind up Which ever you since would he was born. Yeah, do. because the nurse is even in the yeah. hospital. Doing it. So he was like, no, just rub his back. Um, he did He did some neck manipulation because when he pulls him up, he can see that his head is off to the side. So he's trying to straighten it out. He says, this is the problem of it. Um, and the difference in him, like I've brought him for three sessions now. He said, I can take it or leave it there. Um, but he's still not 100%, which I can mm. tell myself. He still has little episodes, but none of that screaming. He's in bed by seven every night, wakes up for his feeds. He's napping during the day. He's doing nothing but smiling and laughing now during the day. He's a happy little boy. He is a different child. I cannot believe the difference in him now we've... The last session now next week and I'm looking forward to seeing just, you know, what we've kind of been missing for the last few weeks because he he was so uncomfortable and it's horrible seeing them yeah. like that. They're so helpless. Whatever we're doing now, we're just not changing because it's... It well, what I think is really important and we talked about it with Orla Donlan in, our, in mm. the last episode was that maternal sense of, you know, there's something not right. Yeah. And even though you're being told by a professional no it's this your maternal instinct kind of kicks in where yeah. you just feel like that's not it yeah and I love how you had educated yourself enough to know well they're not the symptoms of colic because of this or this and this yeah there must be something else and I think if anything from listening to that like we we kind of need to tune into our our own senses yeah, too yeah you do the old day the old saying yeah. goes mother knows best you know and I was I was quite disappointed in getting fobbed off with arthcolic. Yeah. And then it was Martin, how are you coping and are you okay? And are you getting but a I break? Do, and I really like though that they're even asking those questions oh, also no, because I think for too long the mother has been ignored sometimes when you go in with the baby in postpartum. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right, like it needs to, you still need to be listened to. Yeah, absolutely. I just felt like it was kind of, Ah, uh, she's a first time mom. She doesn't know this is colic, and she's just she's just gonna have to come to terms with the fact that it's colic yeah. and there's no cure for it and all that. And the second time I had gone up, I was like, "Mom, I'm bringing you so that she, she knows." Because my mom, like, she's brought kids up. She's minded yeah. kids over the years, and that at least if she's there, she might take me a bit more seriously because it's not just the worried first time mom. It's this woman with years of experience under our belt, she's saying the same thing. Do you know, Isn't it like funny how delusional. you feel like such an apprentice? Yeah, you really do. And you have to bring like the senior yeah, with you, you know, I like know. she uh, I did. I felt like I felt like a, a teenager going, yeah. I was like, Mom, will you just tell her? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And as you said, like you you think that you're you in terms of your friend set, like you're like, oh, no, it's much older. So you'd assume much more confident yeah. and competent and all those things yeah. that come with being that bit older. But it just sends you right back yeah. to this is day one on the job. Yeah, it really does. We asked on Instagram if people had any kind of questions for you specifically oh, okay. the other day. Um, and we you kind of talked about it there in that the, the positive advice that you've been getting because of Instagram. So mm. one of the questions that we got in was, how do you deal with a lot of people kind of inquiring or asking you, questions or giving you unsolicited advice because of your profile on Instagram as a new mom um I'm interested because you did speak there it was actually really helpful when it came to diagnosing and yeah. finding a solution for Bobby yeah but have you found that that's always the case or do you sometimes feel like I'll oh, back off I need, I need to figure this out do you know what it my I think it's more so the way that people go about it. I know that everybody is only trying to be helpful. There's nobody going in and pressing that send message button with, oh, she hasn't got a clue what she's doing. I'm going to tell her what to do. Nobody is doing that. I completely understand that. But it's it's more so, and it, it might be because of my background and the way that I work in pharmacy and I'm, you know, I'd be a bit weary when it comes to medical advice. If, if you're not qualified, if you don't have don't years of experience it. under your belt, don't give it. Don't be diagnosing people over the internet because I see it so many times in groups or, you know, you'll somebody will put up a picture of going, what's that rash? 
And then people will be saying, oh, that's meningitis horn. You need to go into the hospital. It's so dangerous. There are people who will just hit the send mess- yeah. message button without thinking, saying, oh, take this without knowing your allergies, without knowing your background, anything like that. Mm. So there's just there's certain situations. But like that, forums disgusting past kind of experiences they are. They're very helpful. Like, But it's up to you to go and search them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you find it helpful for you because obviously you're creative and you like to have a laugh and you like to, you know, ha- share that comedy? You know, you're you're releasing videos now that are really comical because they're in tune with how moms feel. Mm-hmm. Like that thing about being ready before two o'clock oh, yeah. in the afternoon. You know, do you find now it's tapping into a whole new it's range so of funny, yeah. topics for you? There's a whole new niche <laughs> that's uh, opened me. Yeah, it is. It's for your own material. Yeah, no, it is because like that to so many people and you don't actually realize because I suppose it's kind of a selfish thing when you don't have any kids. The world does revolve around you in your own head. You yeah, know, you're not responsible for another human being. And you just think everybody's in the same boat. You don't have any, you have empathy, but you don't have the actual insight or the know-how or the, you don't really get the full grasp. Haven't lived it. Exactly. You don't get the full grasp of how parents' lives are going until you're a parent yourself. So now it's kind of, has broadened a whole new thing. And I didn't realise how many people had kids that follow me. Do you know what I mean? It's even though it that would be common sense, but I didn't think about it because I had no kids, so I wasn't really concentrating on it. So, but it's nice that you know, I think you said on your own episode that I listened to with Ali about like you're not like a, a mum, it's not a mum Instagram, it's just that it's yeah. your it's you, you just happen to be a mum now, yeah, exactly. And have you have you kind of figured out because a lot of women that we talk to struggle sometimes with that whole transition of identity almost of like who you were before Bobby versus who you are now yeah and it can take and it's only the first two months it can take a long time for you to settle into this new role that you have yeah and it can be quite unnerving because you just feel like I don't really have a sense of who I am right now yeah it is hard to remember who you were before they came along and I'm I am quite conscious of it because because I have an online profile and people follow me for a certain reason. I don't want to let that go. And I don't want to forget yeah. all about that. Do you know what I mean? And I do see like that because I'm in that world now. I do see other mums who are. They do nothing but talk about their kids. Mm. They completely forget about who they are. And I'm making a conscious effort to not be like that. Not that it's a bad thing. If that's who you want to be. If you want to concentrate on your baby. If that's all you want to talk about. That's you do you. But I'm just trying to best to stay true to who I am with the addition of Bobby now yeah do you know what I mean just to try and find an equal ground we ask our community a lot how they're feeling and what's going on for them and stuff so that we can make sure that we're appropriately supporting them yeah and one of the things that often comes back is that loss of self Mm. and um like you fall down the rabbit hole and you know you become so far down the priority list Mm. And then there comes a point, and for some women, it's, you know, two months, six months, a year, two years. And it's like a moment of, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I matter here too, and I need to tap back into what gives me energy and what gives me happiness and fun yeah. and spark. And and a lot of that can be maintaining relationships as well and making yeah. sure that you're still meeting the people that you used to connect with. Mm. And one of the other questions that came through was, um, do you ever, or have you ever really experienced kind of loneliness since Bobby's been here? Um, At the very beginning I did, especially after getting out of hospital the second time because Adam had gone back to work. And even though I, like, me mum and dad were a great help and I'm I'm not on my own in the house, I suppose I did kind of feel, and it's it's why I make a conscious decision to still kind of be me with the addition of Bobby it was because I was going oh my god I'm a mom now this is this is my life I can never go back to life and I felt terrible for thinking it which you shouldn't do because I, I felt immense guilt then because I was like oh he's not a board and I'm, I'm not mm. I don't want him to ever feel like he has a clue but in my own head I was like I don't want to feel like this I don't want him to 
don't want to feel like he's taken anything away from me, but I don't want to forget who I am either. And it, I suppose when I came out of hospital, I was like, oh, Jesus, how am I going to manage this? Oh, my God, how am I going to do this? I'm a mom now. I'm just, I can't be who I used to be. And that was kind of, it was that initial kind of week, I'd say, when I, I just felt like, oh, I'm going to have to reassess now my whole life. And, mm. and that. that's when I came to this, to the decision. I was like, no, hang on, Jen, you're still you. It's just Bobby's here now as well. Do you know what I mean? So just enjoy what you used to enjoy, but, you know, with him in your life now. And that's, I suppose that's made me feel less lonely because I was like, nothing's changed. It's just that he's here now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really sound advice. It's and well done for, for, like, telling yourself that so early on. Well, yeah, I just, maybe it's just from years of only having to concentrate on myself. I'm just yeah. used to it, do you know what I mean? But I just, I think it is so important to just realise that, that you're still you. Nothing really has changed. It's just that you have a baby now and you're just going to have to make it work. So we talked about expectation and reality. Mm. So what have been the surprising joys on this side of labour? Um, I suppose what I used to enjoy just, doesn't really matter as much now do you know like I, I used to constantly have the phone in my hand just like either creating content watching other people's content like joining in online and certain discussions you know just literally had the phone in my hand all the time but now I'm not even missing it as much you know like I'm finding myself just lying in my bed looking at Bobby laughing and I'm just like this is amazing like he's a little person this is this is gas like and you we know, made them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is it is. It's crazy to think because we, we would sit back now and again and just go, he's ours. Like, mm. Isn't he perfect? Isn't he the most gorgeous baby that there ever was? You know, like, do you know that kind of way? So, so cute. I know, yeah. It's, it's so special. Like, it's Yeah. And then I suppose I didn't really feel, I was kind of worried because I had this friend who was like, what was it she used to? she just completely changed her whole persona when she got pregnant this was years ago and she was just like oh no that's it now I'm a mom now you know this is this is all me I just I can't believe how in love I am with this baby before the baby was even born and I didn't feel like that and I was like oh god I'm not going to be maternal at all I'm not going to it's going to take me a while to adapt to this I was so afraid but now that I look back on it I'm just like no he's my world do you know I did that why was I even afraid of that like you can't help but feel like he's just the most amazing baby in the whole world and you couldn't do anything without him now do you know what I mean so it's it's that feed that maternal maternal feeling after I didn't think I was gonna have it I'm delighted right now like it's funny how it just it creeps in yeah it just happens you know and any surprising kind of defeats that you thought would be streamlined and easy and getting up and getting ready in the mornings yeah and then it's it's so funny because we have this kind of it's not the ideal routine but it's the way that it goes Bobby only kind of can't can't naps during the day yeah and I I'll always get to when I'm doing my makeup I'll get to foundation <laughs> and eyebrows and he'll wake up he does it every single time. I'm just like, I'm, I'm nearly expecting it now. I'm like, all right, that's the eyebrows done. And I look over and he's just there there he staring is. at me. I'm ready. I'm ready to <laughs> kick up mortar now. Do you know what I kind of I go? He does it every single time. But I didn't realize the struggle. Yeah. And one of the girls that I work with, she had a baby a couple of months before me. And she came in for a visit one day and she was just like, I woke up and now it's four o'clock. She, you know, it's just, it's that. Time evaporates. You don't really And you get nothing done. You, you well, you think you've got nothing done, but time is just gone. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm petrified of going back to work now because I'm just like, I just wasted the whole lot in my pyjamas. And then, you know, you, you get ready to leave the house and then you're like, oh, something's upstairs and the baby's screaming. You know, the, it's the stress of getting ready and getting out in the morning. I don't know how people do with more than one child who's mobile. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. He's like, Bobby can't even get up. He where I leave him he stays and it's I still a struggle I cannot I know. fathom how women are juggling two toddlers and getting a baby out as well like I, I can't remember when I came home and I like I like that I'd been to you know the the pregnancy yoga and I'd been to the pregnancy pilates and I'd done all my antenatal classes yeah. and I felt like I've read everything on the earth especially you know working at every mum you know yeah, you, you yeah. have such access to everything I was like I'm so prepared Nobody taught me how to leave the house. No. 
with a newborn. No, and nobody talks about it either. I felt like such a failure. It's like, how can I not just get out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's one of the hardest things. Yeah. And then one of the one of the things now that's happening to me, because I'm not using the, the prep machine anymore, which is what I was doing for the first weeks, for, like the first week, um, I'm making the bottles with the kettle now. It, it's like you feed him and then he goes an hour or two and it's just like, oh, I've no bottles ready for him. I, how am I going to do this? How am I going to cool them down? You know, because he's going to be looking for a bottle down an hour or so. It, it's just, it, it's the, and then forgetting to eat. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then you crash going, why am I so wrecked? Yeah. So you haven't eaten anything all day. I haven't eaten a thing. Like literally, I ate a Twix at 12 o'clock and now it's seven o'clock and I don't even know what I'm having for dinner. Then nobody tells you that you don't eat. My sleeping, now in fairness, my sleeping has been fine because he goes to bed at seven now. And You're blessed. I am, yeah, I, I do appreciate it. Um, so the sleeping is fine, but it's the getting ready and the not eating. It's, nobody tells you about those things. It's a new level of organisation that's required. Absolutely. Like like everything from the ground up has to just be rebuilt in terms of your, your day and weekly structure. Yeah. Um, and I do actually, anyone listening, I do think there is a course to be done what? in this. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah. Actually figuring oh, that sorry, out. I thought you said one exists. No, no, but started, leave it with right? me. Leave it with yeah. me. Um, but I think like things like getting your online shopping sorted, like, and I'm, and I'm still guilty of it. Like I still come to the, like, why did I not do an online shop or something that just yeah. mean take take a look at the tasks and actually pair them back and say what don't I have to do anymore yeah what's out there that could take care of something for me yeah what could I you know delegate out or even just like carve out a space of time where like right Sunday between 5 and 6 p.m I'm just cooking something that'll last us for like three or four days. Yeah, batch cooking. Batch cooking. And like in it, I was so guilty of it. It's a really good in hindsight looking back going, oh, why didn't I do all of those things? Yeah. But you're almost too deep in the fog to figure out what you need. But then, like if somebody was to tell me now, like, oh, you should do it. Now, it's fine because Bobby goes to sleep at seven. So I have a lot more freedom to be doing stuff at night before. Yeah. You know, like, because I, I saw this meme the other day and it was like, uh, oh, somebody told me to to prepare everything the night before. I forgot to tell them that the baby lives here at night too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that you're now to squeeze your entire life into the window of 7 to 9 p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, everything yeah. that you used to do is now like squeezed into I that. I know, yeah. But I suppose if somebody was to tell me a couple of weeks ago when Bobby was bad, oh, you should do this and you should do that. It's like, no, I do, but I don't have time. But I, I don't, don't patronize me. I do not have the time for that. And then even, I I felt like back then when everything was so full on, I couldn't even have the time to explain something to somebody to help for them to do it, you know. Which is why we don't delegate because it's... it's such a... Yeah, and then if it's done wrong, then... You have to do it again. Oh my God, yeah. And you've lost your mind. Yeah. The first few weeks now, they're they're just mental. Getting into a rhythm now. Thanks be to Jesus. But it is... uh, But now I'm finding myself, I'm doing to-do lists. Which I never really did before, but now I, I kind of have to. Because you recognise that you're forgetting everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby brain is a thing. And you're so distracted, not distracted, you're so interrupted. You don't get to finish yeah. what you were doing. That's it. And then you've forgotten to go back to it and several days will go past. Yeah. You're like, like, oh yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that washing that I put especially, on. Especially I'm finding things like having to ring to reschedule appointments. Oh, life admin. That, oh, no. never, never No, that, that falls completely away. Yeah, it's gone. Absolutely. That's not. even below you eating. Yeah. <laughs> like life admin just disintegrates. Yeah, no. And things like thank you cards and all the things that you thought, yeah. like I remember even like framing things. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I'll be the crafty mom. Or even printing no. a photo to put in a frame. I have empty frames for a new baby still. Yeah. On display, might I add, with a generic baby in them. No, no They're not even Bobby. Yeah. They are on display, but there's no pictures in them. <laughs> And I remember like I got, I downloaded the app that you can just select from your phone and it'll arrive to your house. But I got so overwhelmed with the task of making the decision. (laughs) That happened to me the last week. That happened to me. I saw the ads for the app and I went, I was like, oh, I'll download that now. That'll be easy. An app. Couldn't pick. No. How can you pick one picture of your baby? It was too much. Way too much. Yeah. And I just shut it down all the time. Yeah. I deleted it. Can't do that. I deleted it. 
Because <laughs> they kept looking. I was like, look at you. Look at me in my face. I can't deal with you right now. And I deleted it. Like, that's, that's, that's the so level funny. of like indecision that I was yeah. just exhibiting. Like, I still, I still don't have things because I'm like, I can't surely from... I think that's the problem with smartphones because... Like, surely back in the day, with your disposables, whatever was handed to you by the pharmacist across the counter, you just had to live with. Yeah. And that went into a frame. I know, yes, but now we're so indecisive. Now I'm like, oh my God, I mean, there's 17,000 from different angles and different looks and different lighting. And I know. So I'm like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. Goodbye. Better off just going and getting a disposable, actually, really, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Probably better. Yeah. They'll, wait, they'll, they'll definitely get printed. They will definitely get printed. <laughs> yeah, but like, I have thousands on my phone. We have nothing up. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I'm the same. Sure, we have um, the baby memory book. Yeah. And it starts from finding out when you're pregnant. No, I haven't filled a thing in. Yeah. My sister got us a Christmas memories book. Didn't fill it in. No, still very much. And then I've loads of um, things that I want to keep, like hospital appointments yeah. from when I was pregnant. And I want to kind of do a little scrapbooky type of thing. Yeah. Ah, no. No. It's all in a bundle. And you always think, I'll do that now, maternity leave. I'll have loads of time. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. And then you go back to work and you're like, what? I, I, I achieved nothing. I just had a baby and I kept it alive. But That's I think we need to change that. Like, you you did achieve, like, you had, like, the job is to keep him alive. And you, yeah. to to a sense as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's important too. That's really important. <laughs> really important. Yeah. And, yeah, I think we need to be a bit kinder to ourselves and not be kind of, what did you do on maternity leave? Yeah. Mm. I was it's, a mom, actually, yeah, on maternity leave. Planning. And do you know what? But my mom keeps saying it as well. She's like, Jen, things will be so much different if you are on maternity leave and he was a, if he was a summer baby. Mm. Because you'd get so much more done. You'd be able to go out more. It'd be a bit more predictable. You know, look, the days would be longer. Having yeah. a winter baby can be quite isolating because... It's so dark. You don't get out as much. And yeah, when you do go out, it's uh, you're probably coming home in the dark. Mm. Do you know, it's not as... You can't be as productive, I don't think. And just think of your moods anyway. Yeah. Like you are more productive in the summer. You do, you are more motivated to get out and to move and to exercise. In winter, all we want to do, that's why Christmas was invented. What we want to do is get cozy and dig yeah. into a tub of Quality Street. Exactly. You know, um, so I think she probably is right. Vitamin D can help, yeah. I suppose. Um, and like trying to find that motivation to build something into your day. Now, I did have a summer baby, but even still... I found that if I didn't have something in the calendar, not every day, because you do need a little bit of cozy yeah. downtime, but definitely in the week, if I was looking into a week of kind of going, oh, I've nothing, yeah. I've no one to meet or I've nowhere to go, no matter how sunny it was, it was really isolating. Yeah, I find that as well. I, I don't like to look now, every week that I've had coming up, I've had something scheduled mm. in for it, but I look forward to it. Yeah. Even if it's just going out and knowing that dreaded feeling of having to be out of the house by a certain time, I still looked forward to it. Because so I was like, that's grand now. I'll get yeah. something productive done that day. And it's a huge sense you know, of um, achievement as yeah, well. It's the accomplishments you get from actually, yeah. I got there on yeah. time. I, yeah, I do. <laughs> now that you say it, I do love looking forward to a week and it's like, no, I'm doing this on this day. And me, me and my friend, actually, she's on maternity leave as well. Or maybe... Um, four weeks older than Bobby and obviously we're on maternity leave together and we just kind of said last night now we said no once one day a week we'll pick a day and yeah. that's going to be our day we'll meet up for a coffee or I'll come to you you come to me we'll meet down the centre whatever so we've done that now Mondays is going to be our day now because yeah. we were saying when we go back after maternity leave we'd be raging if we didn't it's such a lifeline. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So now I know every week on a Monday, I'm yeah. going to see my friends. Got something and there. Baby. Yeah. And it's lovely that they're so close in age. Yeah. And like you, you'll notice like that relationship, it'll become so important to you because yeah. as the phases change, you know, you get a little insight into what's coming exactly. next. But you know, you see what I found is Frankie, because Frankie's a girl. Yeah. Girls, I, ju I just find are so much more independent. So I'm probably going to be looking at it. Why is Frankie <laughs> doing that? And Bobby's not, but boys are just lazy. <laughs> That's going to be the reason for it. Well, um, thank you so much for coming in Thanks and for, for talking to us and uh, taking us through some of that eight week journey. I mean, so much is coming back, even in terms of my own mind and reminiscing yeah. and that. Because it is, as you said, it's such a fog that it's really mm. hard for you even to remember the last eight weeks it is, yeah the first few weeks are definitely still blur and like that where you're saying it's bringing you back it's funny when i'm watching new mums on instagram i'm like oh, remember that and it's only eight weeks yeah i'm still like 
but that is reliving it when other people say it as well that is just a sign of the pace of change and transformation that you're going through and that you're watching your baby go through because they'll never change as quickly again as they are right now so they definitely keep you on your toes as each day passes um so i've really enjoyed this thank you so much for joining us thank you thanks for listening to every mum the podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with us or our guest Jen Hatton over on Instagram. And you really can show your support by sharing on social, subscribing and by leaving a review. This series is kindly supported by Water Wipes. Water Wipes are an essential for every mum from that first nappy change and during those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, Water Wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.